Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode with Give It The Beans. Uh, today's guest, I usually have a funny story, but I'm not on to, you know, I think I'd say I'm an acquaintance of today's guest, but many of you will know him as a massive social media influencer. Some of you know him for how shredded he will get in the, his physique. It is the one, the only Mr. TM Cycles. How are we doing, buddy? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, man. I'm, I'm a bit starstruck. I'm not gonna lie, it's good. Um, and, and I, I, I like your, I like your poster of yourself in the background. <laughs> yeah, mate. Well, hey, I'm a little bit vain, but all us bodybuilders are, right? I mean, that's why we do. Yeah. That's why we do. Do. I can't see a picture of you in your background, mate. I'm not. I'm not at that level of. I'd rather have someone paint me instead of just like an actual picture. <laughs> now, before we kind of crack on with today's episode, there's maybe people yeah. thinking, right? TM cycles. Who is this guy? They may be living under a rock, my man. So could yeah. you give us a brief introduction of yourself, who you are, your sort of journey within coaching, bodybuilding, but also just a little bit more about, like, say, what you do at the current in the current day? Yeah, so at the moment, um, I've got a few fingers in, in different pies. So we've got the member site going, YouTube, Instagram, social medias. We've just started or starting to go into the world of uh, online gaming, so like streaming. So over the past couple of weeks, I've just been setting up all this equipment, which is a quite a nice avenue to go down. And sponsored athlete by Insight Supplements, and also an online coach. And in terms of like where it all started, it would have been back in about like 2012, I think it was when the, when we had the Olympics. And I studied a year at Lewisham College, doing my level two and level three sort of PT qualifications. Not that they're anything to to gloat about. It just got my that was my sort of. Uh, my entrance into the industry where I met Luke Johnson. I'm, I think you know Luke Johnson, owner of uh, PTC or, or used to be called Shredded by Science and co-owner of De Novo. So we've kind of been working together, bouncing off each other for the past, I don't know, like however many years we've been together now. So he's been a massive influence and a massive help in my sort of entry into the into the industry, really. Now, you mentioned that it kind of all started from there. Now, to go from just a level two level three PT to mm. you now have a private member site, you have a massive yeah. influence on social media, you're, you're now setting up, yeah. up gaming. How, yeah. how did it develop for you? Was it, you know, was it an idea? Was it something that you sort of just started and it grew arms and legs? Or Because yeah. someone out there is thinking, oh, well, I could do my level two, level three, and then before you know it, I'll have my own pri- yeah. private member site. And, and I guess it's probably not as easy as that. So I, I'd love to get an insight of where did, you know, how did you build from, because I've done level two, level threes as well. How did you go from that to where you are now? So it was just, uh, it, I always understood when I did my level two, level three, that it was the bare minimum. And that I mean, throughout the whole 12 months that I was at Lewisham College, I was working sort of alongside Luke and he was my, my tutor. So each month, remember when Alan Aragon used to release his sort of monthly review? So we used to like ring binder, had a massive ring binder about that big, almost like a Bible of supplementation, nutrition, training, and along, uh, you know, other individuals in the industry like Brad Schoenfeld, for example. So, and then what I used to do was was collate all that information and try and tweet it in a in sort of like an easy to understand format. And I suppose that from from 2012 up until this day, I've been trying my best to to try and condense a lot of the information that is possibly out there from very intellectual individuals. Not that I'm putting myself down at all, but I'm, I'm in the sense that I think a lot of people, they'll go from their level two and level three, and then they'll get lost in this sphere of, am I supposed to follow bro science? Am I supposed to follow reps in reserve? So it was about trying to, take on board as much of that information as possible and then release it into 
sort of easy to understand content really. Yeah, and I think that you do that very, very well because let's face it, level two, level three, you'll know a little bit, but then thereafter, yeah. unless you've been to university, it's pretty yeah. much a bit of a mind fuck, really, because you got one guy on Instagram saying this, as you said, one guy on Instagram saying that. So to, to be able to put it in kind of, we could say layman's terms, mm-hmm. is exactly what people, what well, the majority of people yeah. will want. So mm-hmm. how long were you, obviously on, on online now, but yeah. did you do sort of one-to-one for a few years first and then go mm-hmm. into the online business or was it straight online? Yeah, it was one-to-ones. I was doing the classes in college at Lewisham College. And then I was doing sort of like boot camps with, with females in my local area. So there's a pile of like a big rugby pitch near near where we live. So I used to do sort of Saturday group circuits and then like one-to-one stuff. And then during that time, I always had, you know, because Luke was very much in this 8, 10, 12-week, almost like bro-style coaching packages, that's what I wanted to do. So in that time, however many months it was when I was doing one-to-one, it's when I was building a little portfolio on Twitter and Instagram. And so when I got to the point of, look, I've got 10 clients here that are charging £100 a month, I could probably ditch the, the 6 a.m. starts and the rainy rainy group coaching and just have the luxury of coaching in, with, with my computer. But, yeah, it was it was short-lived. I think one-to-one is incredibly saturated. And I think the only way that you'll make a large sort of financial amount from it is if you have got to that that stature and that level, if you're like IFB pro or like a retired bodybuilder. I went, I flew to Marbella and was supposed to train with Dorian Yates, and I think that was about 400, 500 euros. So right. you do a couple of them a day, it, you, you're earning serious money. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, if there's PT out there listening, and there'll be many that look up to yourself, that aspire to have a sort of business like yourself and build their brand. But yeah. a lot of them, I think, and, and I was really bad for this, you get so busy being one-to-one yeah. that you don't really know where you're going, what you're doing. You've not got yeah. an idea of what, okay, I, I woke up and I t- I'll take a photo of me with my top off in my bathroom mirror and I'll just yeah, I'll yeah. post that on Instagram. And, and, and maybe it'll get some followers, maybe, maybe I won't. So for any coach out there that, that's maybe listening, they're probably thinking, Vaughn, Ask him how he did it. Ask him how he grew his fallen. Would you think? Yeah. Would you say that is it because you just understand people, or could you tell the listeners, you know, what research did you do when it came to sort of marketing? If there was maybe, let's say, three tips, if we could, because that that could be a whole podcast, I'm sure. But if there yeah, was three yeah. tips you could give someone that was maybe frustrated that they couldn't grow their following or their YouTube channel yeah. or whatever it is, what do you think you would say from from someone yeah. in their shoes? I mean, I never followed any marketing guru because I think a lot of them are sort of self-righteous wankers, to be honest with you. (laughs) And and it's just the typical sort of graph emojis that is just nonsensical bullshit that they're spouting. There's no real substance to what they're saying. So I I sort of, I took whatever marketing individuals I looked into with a pinch of salt. Obviously, we've got Gary Vee, but then I feel that if you watch Gary Vee's content over 12 months, when you go back into two, at the start of the year, it's just a regurgitation of last year's, but it's packaged in a different way. So I never I never went down that route of, okay, I'm entering the fitness industry. I must now go and seek out a marketing expert. I just took it upon myself to understand my audience and what they wanted. So at the very beginning, when you're starting out on, on all different social media platforms, which is what I recommend people to do, you know, I, I was on Snapchat, I was on Twitter, I was on Instagram, YouTube. And then from there, you can understand what, and how the sort of retention and how the engagement is working. 
and, and Snapchat, you could do sort of more behind the scenes stuff. Twitter, you could become more sort of respectable and, and eloquently spoken and talk, you know, research and Instagram, you do your posts. So it wasn't really a, a it wasn't really a way or I never went down the route of a marketing individual. And my, my following is still not massive now, but the only difference between me and someone that maybe has three times my following is the engagement rates. Like, and I, I said to this and I've sat down with like bigger YouTubers and bigger Instagrammers. And the first thing they've said is like your engagement rate for only 30 K followers is, is, is mad, you know? So I think a part of that was just staying consistent all the time. It was experimenting with, with different, different avenues, you know, sometimes I talk about politics, see what sort of response I got from that. Turned out I had a load of right wing followers and pissed them off and then they fucked off. So so it was it was just it was using that free content. It was dipping your toe and, and you know, almost we use a logbook to train, use a logbook to, to see what sort of response you get from different social media as well. That's a very good point. I think that maybe maybe even I'll admit that I'm I'm fairly lazy with. And I think not enough people will look at insights and when they're sort of, maybe perhaps, target audience are actually on Instagram. Maybe right now, the current situation, it's fucking all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned about sort of regurgitated content and and finding your your sort of target audience. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take you to really narrow that down? If you'd been sort of, as you said, the log booking and, and building the brand, up and time and time again, how long did that take you? Probably about three or four years of, of grafting on YouTube and grafting on Instagram to see what sort of see what sort of engagement I was getting. And then it's only probably been the last couple of years where I feel like I've sort of solidified myself within the industry and started getting a bit of respect from people. And, you know, it does take a while. And that's the biggest thing with social media and generally, you know, growing profiles is the... Is the is the consistency because people drop off all the time and it doesn't happen overnight. And, and even in the occasion that it does happen overnight, you see these Love Islanders, they're following, they'll hit a million and then all of a sudden the million followers that they've got are, are not really the audience that they want and they'll start posting content that they want to post and then they'll just drop off completely. So it's always good and I'd always, you know, the it's almost quite nice grafting for five or six years to see what you've built. And then, then you can sort of say, look, I'm, I'm here now. I can sort of solidify myself in the industry. So that was my door. I thought my packages had been. That's all right, man. If you need oh. to if you need to go grab it, you can grab it. Um, Don't worry. It's my missus. I seem to be buying more stuff in isolation than I did outside. <laughs> Mate, I think we all are. It's the one thing. Like, you, you, know, you can only get out of the house once a day, so you need something mm. sort of excitement, right? Um, I think yeah. that that's like a real hit-home point, is that you did it for five, six years consistently across all platforms now that would have been probably the start on top of your one-to-one hours but then the amount of time that it probably took you to spend on all these platforms well i'll ask you how long would you say it took you in the the early days and and probably now but did it take you online on all these apps hours across the day what do you think it it feels almost like a 24 7 job like there's only if i can say how many hours i take in a day just to chill out it'd probably be only a couple and that's the evening with the with the missus sitting down from maybe seven till nine so in terms of how many hours it's more so how many hours are you taking to relax and i I don't want to give it this spiel this sort of oh grime hustle sleeps when i'm dead bollocks because you know if you sleep six hours a night you're going to be a pretty short-lived lifespan so 
try and steer clear from from that sort of jargon but at the same time yeah it, it's been a, a, a long process and it still is today but it's not a chore so i don't find what we're doing now i don't find what i'm setting up in terms of game i don't find that like a job so so it doesn't feel as as, as taxing almost absolutely and you're more than likely going to see probably a lot of up-and-coming sort of fitness professionals in the industry get frustrated when you know they've put po- they've like oh i've posted every day for the month and you know, I've only gained X amount of followers, but then perhaps there's no real um, sort of message behind who they're trying to target or whatnot. Of course. And, and, and maybe, maybe I should really break it down because there'll be a coach out there that's really probably thinking, well, what do you mean sort of target audience? What does that entail? So I guess if we can, maybe perhaps if, if you give an idea of, you know, who's your target audience and how do you appeal to them? How do you perhaps market towards them? Mm-hmm. Um without giving too much away, obviously, or, or we could use a different yeah. example, like, say, a Joe Blog no. Startup PT. Yeah, I mean, you, when we when you start, it's got, it has to be wide, because you can't, you can't jump into the fitness industry with hardly any followers as an online coach and say, I'm just targeting competitive bodybuilders, because you're not going to get much reach and, and from that. So when I first started online coaching, it was, it was, it was males, females, it was young, it was old, and then you just build up that portfolio of like, look, I've managed to get this person shredded or I've managed to gain this person weight. And then you slowly start going slightly narrower. And like now I'll only coach people that would maybe want to compete or they've come off the back of a show into their off season or in particular probably because my audience, quite a large section of my audience is, is more so gem pop but likes to look good and, 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 and go on holidays like Ibiza and these raving type holidays in good in good nick and so it seems to be that sort of audience that i've that i've not necessarily created because i haven't turned myself into a person just to cater for these people i am that person i like competing i like going to raves on holiday and things like that so it's you know when you first start you can't be too choosy but then when you grow that following you can you know then, then you can start going maybe i just want to coach these type of people so if there's a fit, let's again, let's always relate it back to the fitness professionals out there. Yeah, of course. If you perhaps, and you'll, you'll probably follow many, you'll see many trying to build an audience, post on social media, but there's probably a lot of common things or common trends or mistakes that they might make. What would you say are the most common or what, what sort of stands out in your eyes to someone that's just starting up or maybe someone that's been in the game two, three years that's just like, pulling their hair out what what maybe perhaps mistakes are they making what changes could they implement to, to help it's a good question i think the i think the lack of i think the lack of consistency again relating it back to just staying consistent in these in these sort of longer periods where you're not getting much, getting that much reach and engagement is about sort of trying to cement yourself in the industry and and in terms of a social media aspect we can look at it from the point of view of okay we can we can aesthetically make our Instagram profile look look sort of neat and tidy by if we did three posts a week, for example, one of them may be your own progress, whether that's cutting or bulking, the middle one may be your client progress, and the right hand side could possibly be a question from one of your followers. And and that way as you as you go out through you know, as you go through your career within the fitness industry, you can gauge through the questions, what sort of audience members you're dealing with here, the sort of clients that you're building, and then your own progression. So it's hard because I feel like a lot of the people 
I think a lot of people nowadays are going down the path of they've gained quite a large following in the amount of coaches and then now they're going into like their marketing experts. I think that's where they're slipping up a little bit. So you, I think I think I think so, they're try I think they're trying too many different things is what I'm sort of trying to say here. So you you best think it's just just to stick to one it's like stick to your gun, stick to one idea and just roll with it. If that don't work, try something else. If that don't work, and then just whittle it down until you got the yeah the one. At the at the beginning, I would. At the beginning, I would. I wouldn't get too concerned about. It's a tricky one because you can look at it from two different perspectives. You can go right. If I'm just if I'm just trying to master the online coaching, then I'm losing out on on social media. So you need to have that balance. But it, it is hard because it, what's going on in my head now with what people are doing wrong in terms of in terms of online coaching is getting far too wrapped up in in, in that whole lot sort of Love Island effect and, and they're slightly too concerned possibly it's tricky it's, it's hard to sort of uh, to convey what, what I feel it's got I don't think there's, I don't think as an industry we're going too, too badly wrong at the moment to be honest with you I, I think where we, we're headed in terms of online coaching in, in, in the industry is actually quite good I think we've done a, quite a nice U-turn it felt like a couple of years ago we might have been going down that bro bro side of things but generally I can't see a huge amount that's going wrong with, with too many people yeah, I mean, I know that for sure, after it was about two, three years of me doing online coaching, I think that one of the mistakes I made is that without realising it, if, if I, didn't, I didn't know my vision of where I wanted to go or what I wanted to create. So I think instinctively you almost, not copy, but you're somewhat like, you, you might see someone else's social media and then, oh, wow, that post and that wording kind of looks good, so I'm going to start yeah. speaking in this manner. And, and I feel that's where I kind of went wrong uh, back in the day. And, well, one hundred percent. That that's a that. Uh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. I think one area, and that does that's not just for for online coaching. That's for social media in general. And it's it's fantastic that we can we can take inspiration from the top dogs in in the game. That's that's perfect. But far too many people are trying to imitate that and 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 almost try and uh, create themselves into something that they're not. And and it and because we're so on the ball nowadays you can see that from a mile away, you know. So that's a massive point to, to make is, 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 is you need to cement yourself. And it's very cliche to say, because everyone is like, you always see that in some motivational bollocks of a cloud behind a lion. You're like, you need to be yourself. <laughs> but it's so true. It, it, you know, it's so true. You must, you must not deviate from the path. I think if there was a picture of yourself, your face, and it said, you know, be yourself, I'm sure that a lot of people yeah. would buy that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I just can't stand the motivation and drivel. I really can't. It seems like everyone's doing cold showers at the moment as well. <laughs> well Wim Hof techniques. What I like is that, mate, you are exactly on this podcast about, you know, you're exactly who you are on your social media as well, which is yeah. fantastic to see because I think, again, at times, and again, I've been guilty of this, we, we put on this, I've put on this act or persona of, I'm this sort yeah. of person, and you meet them in real life and you go, but from your social yeah. media, I thought you were an arrogant twat, but in real life, you're actually yeah. really, really sound. I mean, that's something that I felt I've done wrong, so I didn't know if you have perhaps seen that in others, but I guess yeah. one, one of the things that, that people want to know listening is, is they'll want to know, how did you go from online coaching to such a successful, massive private member site? Yeah. Was that, again, you mentioned that you didn't, really follow marketing gurus you learn to trade yourself and I think that the one thing that about yourself is you understand people very very well so for anyone listening out there who thinks you know what one day I want to have my private member site 
Any advice for those listening? Yeah, don't do it. Don't do a member site because it's too saturated now. Right. Everyone's everyone's creating their own member sites to the point where I'm I'm now thinking, well, you know, it, it, you see it, you see it. People grow, and I spoke about it before on podcasts is that they people who want to create member sites see money and figures instead of content being produced. Yeah. When I first when I first started, I never had any intention that I'd have nearly three thousand members. It was like I, I I thought I'd hit fifty and that was enough because the whole reason why I created mine was because my YouTube was about to get banned. Now, like we said, it's like 2012, I've been grafting for six years. It was on the day of my contest, so you're meant to keep stress levels low anyway. And I received a, a message from, from YouTube saying, you've got two strikes, one more, and your, your channel's gone. I thought, I was at 30,000 followers at that time. I started panicking, so I had to delete all the YouTube videos. And I had about 10 million views that just went completely. So I thought, well, I, I, felt, I feel like I've got the knowledge where I could charge for my service, where people will probably giving far too much anecdotal information now. So then I went down that route of, of growing my member site and then now I've had it for a couple of years. I'm not just covering anabolics, I'm covering how we can grow your social media, how you can create websites, how you can create and and, and grow your Instagram and, and things like that. So it's tricky because you can, you've caught absolutely, but the one thing that I'd recommend if you are thinking about opening a member site is, is try and be as niche as possible because you, I see people now, so there's a couple of people that have created member sites that uh, information you can find on YouTube, you know, so, and it's tricky because when you asked me about the online coaching question a few minutes ago, I don't really consider myself an online coach. I've only got a handful of clients and I like to keep it that way. So, you know, I do, I've got 15 clients. I program them on a Monday and Tuesday and I check in Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. So, so those questions about becoming an online coach, it's, it's a trick one because I don't, I do it. It's a part of my job, but I wouldn't say that that's my that's my main. So if, if there, I know you have you have you have your hand in quite a few pies, as they say. But if, yeah. if someone was to say, you know, what is it that you do? Would you would you say yeah. it's a, a social media influence? Would you just say it's just an online entrepreneur? Or what would you say yeah. if there was a title? If if that's even a thing, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I never know what to sort of call myself. It's weird because I'll meet, I'll go out on a night out, and people say, "What do you do?" And I think. I just say I just say PT because it's easy. And they're like, oh sweet, yeah. But then they instantly think like, oh, you're training one to one people. So it's tricky. I'm more yeah, just like a, an an online presence really. And, and you probably like I used to. It depends what mood I'm in. Some days I say YouTuber, and that'll get a few. Oh my god, you're a YouTuber. So just a bit depends really what I wanna what I wanna come across as. Absolutely. Now, I think you must have given away a lot of valuable information like golden nuggets on youtube for for years i had a had a someone message me yesterday saying oh i see so much stuff for free that when the gyms reopen you know i'm not going to get any clients and i don't want to give away anything for free and this per this person had no clients they'd all left and i was mm -hmm. like i said if you go on any successful person's page or pre like yourself your previous pages or, or old youtube or whatnot i mean how much valuable information are you giving away for free when I first started quite a lot of information to the point then where I grew this sort of premium brand to the point where right I've given you enough information for, for four or five years now I can start charging for it and people people having the information understanding that you, you you are very knowledgeable and you've cemented yourself in the industry are willing to pay that member site they're willing to pay that service for online coaching and, and then you as an individual you can't you need to almost put yourself on a pedestal far too many people charge you know they don't they don't respect themselves 
And that's the bottom line. They do not re- respect them, themselves because they, they're fearful of like, okay, I'm going to charge a hundred pounds. Someone, someone can, could say, oh, well, my friends don't, couldn't pay that. I said, well, I'm not targeting your friends. I'm targeting people that can pay a hundred. So that's a massive another flaw that people, uh, in, in, as we said about your question about online coaching, is do not, do not undervalue yourself. Mate, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Um, it was last year. I had a, I suppose I, you could say I had a call with a business, not yeah, a guru, yeah. but a, a, so someone, someone that's into helping growing your fitness business. And I told them yeah. what I was, they was charging. I think I was charging at the time ninety pound a month, ninety five pound a month. Yeah, and this yeah. was last year, and it, it was just like, why the fuck are you doing that? And at the time, I was just like, oh, because I upped it five pounds not that long ago, a month. Yeah. And he's like, what? And then again, you look at maybe perhaps the service someone else is going. I think that that was a problem with me not val, my own self worth. Just thinking yeah. that. You know what that that person that coach is better than me. They charge this, so I should only charge that. Um, that was more of a maybe an insecurity within myself. Um, yeah. But I think that you're hundred percent right. At times, there's maybe too much undercutting. But the thing is, people will pay whatever they see value in, and it's like what you've done. You've built three thousand members that I've seen the amount of value that you provide them because it's information that they can relate to. Now, mm. you mentioned that you're a YouTuber, or at times you call yourself a YouTuber. So I'm going to yeah. ask you about that because it fits right in exactly with a lot of what people who are listening out there will do is that they will watch YouTube vlogs, they will have their own YouTube channel. Now, mm. growing your own YouTube channel is probably really different from going your Instagram. Mm. If it's not, please do correct me. But yeah. if it is different, how do you get seen more? How do you get more interaction? How do you get more... Or how did you grow that following? Or was it was it all organic? No, so a big one for anyone that's just starting out on, on social media, particularly YouTube, is to follow what trends are going. So when I when I when because I was in the industry, whatever whatever topic, and I don't know if you know of a guy called Greg Doucette on YouTube. No. He's uh, he was coaching Brandon Harding for for a, for a few months, and then they got into a spat. Typical Brandon Harding. And then from the way that he's grown his YouTube is that he is so quick on the ball. So if something comes out, like a, a story about a bodybuilder, bang, video. And and, it, and you said there's other people in the industry that do it. So when I first started, it was like if new supplements came out, I'd do that. Or what I, what I used to do a lot of is just taking the piss out of people about, you know, influencers that are releasing products that are just completely completely bogus so i kind of reined it in a little bit now because i, I feel that it, it, it looks a little bit unprofessional but when i first started i was sort of on the ball you know i had my iphone i'd set it up in my in my mum's living room bang video put some put some text put some some, uh, some images on the screen and i just i'd upload that within you know the day that it happened so yeah growing a youtube i did it differently i grew i grew my youtube before my instagram Whereas people usually go to Instagram and go into YouTube. Yeah. So my all my all my videos on YouTube were about sort of my first cycle, about PCT, and it was very sort of monotonous, monotone, and and it, it wasn't really clicky, it wasn't really vloggy, it was more of an education platform. And then I started going into I'm a big fan of Casey Neistat's vlog, so then I started incorporating this vlog type video where it may be 10 minutes long and i'll do some music of me making my coffee and then we dip into some education and back into lifestyle and then back into education so 
it wasn't just 10 minutes me sitting in front of a screen because right. your retention rate drops off. Yeah. If we're doing a topic, if we're doing a topic about, I don't know, uh, like today online coaching, first segment might be chatting to the camera, then we'll go drive somewhere, do a bit of music, then talk about more online coaching. So, you know, you could do five points and just spread it over 10 minutes instead of 10 minutes just sitting there going, step one, this is, do you know what I mean? So just, yeah. you know, keep that, keep that retention rate higher. Mate, that is, like, I love that because I did, like, a, a prep series vlog and I'm doing an off-season vlog. Yeah. And in it, what, yeah. did, I, what did I do? Sat with a camera. Yeah. And, spoke. and I broke the video up with, like, some stuff that had happened during the week. You know, maybe we had, a like, yeah. a, like a team meet-up and we'd been training or whatnot. But the idea of in the car, in the coffee, in the music, like, it's something mm. I've perhaps watched you do or watched others do, but never really... Like, I've never paid attention to it because I've been too grasped within what's going on. I've been just, like, following it. But I've never yeah. taken a back seat and thought, wow, that's actually a strategy that I could mm. do to, to get more viewers. Because I've kind of went down the route of, we put a lot of stuff on YouTube for exercise tutorials. You know, free exercise tutorials. Yeah. They're all on YouTube, so in the, the current situation, people could go to it. But within that, mm. obviously, we've tried to just use Instagram to build YouTube but YouTube's never been something I've actively tried to like oh I want loads of followers it's just been a place of mm-hmm. cool that's a that's a bank of of say exercises that we could just have a have as a link but I guess for yourself you know like and for a lot of others out there you can you can be paid just by solely putting videos up on YouTube and and that could be class now for someone out there perhaps is, who's listening that, that wants to do that now you're a very open and honest man would you say that there's any drawbacks to that? Is there anything that you think, you know what, at times, like all jobs, it's fucking shit, it's totally crap. You mentioned about being on your phone 24-7, which I think a lot of us are these days. But is there any drawbacks to perhaps being you know, a constant you know, vlogger or YouTube just to give someone out there like a real hard-hitting home message or is it all you know, sunshine and rainbows? Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're just more open to, to criticism. You know, and, and the whole point with vlogs is that, and you spoke about providing educational content about exercise libraries, which is fantastic, but then you need to you need to decide, like, are you an education provider or are you a personality, you're your own brand? And you can do both at the same time. You can be your own brand, you know, and, and, dip, and dip into the world of exercise libraries. But when you, and, and this is, and you can see it now, it seems to like the past couple of years, I've seen people that have cemented themselves in the industry as education providers. But there's no there's no life to them. It's just this this monotonous script almost. And then what they do is they understand that because they're not getting the reach that they that they what they thought they would or they wanted to. And then they start becoming like this falsified comedic act. It's like oh, this just dropped me out. This is so awkward. So the the benefit I suppose of that style of vlogging where you're maybe filming a bit of your coffee or, or showing what clothes you buy. That's when you become more relatable. Because the people go, oh, I'd shop there or I'd drink that coffee. So it's like this best of both worlds of like education and, 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 and lifestyle as well. But then you're just open to criticism, which you just, you end up with thick skin over the however many years you do. You know, if someone takes a piss out of my clothing, I think, you know, it's never got to the point where someone's wanted to, wanted to increase it to the point where they're meeting me at an expo. It's never like that. It's always going to be someone behind the computer screen, which is fine. Like everyone's like, you can, you could you can release the best, the nicest content in the world and someone's always think you're, you know, an arsehole. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. But yeah, being on, 
being on all those social media platforms and having to having to pull content from that vlog, yeah, it's time consuming. And that's one one thing that I fell into last year was sort of friendships, relationships being affected because I was sort of so, you know, this was almost took over my whole life. Do you think though there's a there's perhaps to be as successful as you are, do you think there has to be a, a dedicated time where you kind of just go all in like that and you do commit yeah. everything to it and you know those those relationships may suffer and but yeah. you build up what you've built. Yeah, I mean you, can, you you don't have to. It just means that the process might be a little bit more drawn out. You know what I mean? So it's like it's almost like when we look at when we look at trying to gain a certain body composition and a certain weight, you have these these phases where you push body weight up, don't you? You, you can you can you could probably get to 100 kilos in a couple of years, but you probably get to 100 kilos in a few months if you dedicated a, a solid amount of time to eating and training. So you don't have to go, you know, balls balls to the wall. You know, I'm going to completely not speak to parents and I'm not going to speak to my girlfriend. You don't have to do that. You just it snowballed. It snowballed for me because I was I was seeing the success, you know, and and I didn't want it to stop until I almost sort of burnt out. So, so you don't have to. You don't have to. I think it's again. I think it's sort of like a like business rhetoric where you have to constantly grind and hustle to to get to a. So you can get to the top in inadequate time, but it just it may be beneficial if you have these little spurts where like, you're doing six to eight weeks where it's like hardcore marketing and hardcore social media content. Absolutely. And would you suggest that every six eight weeks you just massive trip diabetes with the boys? Yeah. Well, I sort of last year it was. I, I, I did far too long working and then went to our beef and just burnt out completely. Whereas now, well, 2020 was meant to be the year where I'd go on holiday uh, once a month. So I'd do like three weeks of hard graft, content planning, releasing clothing, releasing whatever. And then I'd spend five or so days in, in a sort of foreign country, still working, but just enjoying the sun. And now coronavirus hit and I not, not, can't do any of that. But I would recommend more of a, you know, to fit into that balanced category where you're probably giving yourself more of a break from work more frequently and then going hard for you know three or four weeks and then having a break yeah i think the the one thing that any sort of busy professional whether it be fitness or whatever industry you are like after this like you need a break like yeah. i've fe- felt that because each day sort of rolls snowballs into one and then like at the weekend we can't do anything so i'm like oh i'll just work yeah. i'll just like yeah. do programs do this i'm like yeah i haven't had a day off and it's been like the bu- yeah. the busiest month of really ever for any online coach, you know, home programs yeah. coming out years. But I bet you someone's listening and they, they've been like, man, so this guy's he's a YouTuber, he's an online coach, he's he's got his own clothing rep, he's going into gaming. How many businesses would you say you run and then thus streams of income? Because I guess to attain, yeah. you know, success over the years, it's about creating different streams of income. But if you were to list them, how many would they be? Yeah. Ju- just to give the idea, like, listeners, an idea of your workload. I don't. It's like online coaching. I, I still don't see online coaching as a business. I see online coaching as a job. You know, I still feel that you're having to. I don't. I think some online coaches get far too, to, it fall into trap of oh, I've got my own business. It's like it's not really like okay, you're an online coach. So it, it, I just, I just find they they, they overexcite that, that area too much a little bit. But yes, I've got online coaching. I also do sort of single individual training plans and nutrition plans and. And Skype calls for people that maybe have got their nutrition now and they want a training block sorted. So they're online coaching and, and, and training plans and Skypes. And then I've worked with Insight Supplements, which have been great. 
jumped on board with them a couple of years ago because I was looking for that more sort of American style pre-workouts and probably push the boundaries of certain ingredients a little bit and they and it, that we work well together and we've now got Josh Bridgman on board and a few other athletes which is fantastic and then we've got the members site as well which is probably my, my sole source of income and then I'll do sort of clothing drops every now and then and then we're now going into the, the sort of world of Twitch and online streaming and gaming just because the, the I mean, I'm not doing it for the money alone, but the money you can make from it is is, is is incredible. You know, some of these top streamers are making 75 grand a month through sort of donations. So, you know, what better way of, of combining yourself as a brand and, as, as, you know, it's got a bit of, uh, of humour about him with a camera and, and people watch you gameplay and I enjoy, I enjoy gaming. So, so why not try and turn that into a little business? I love that, man. That's, that's awesome. Just a little little yeah. sort of little sort of side hustle. It's great. Well, it's a massive side hustle, I should I say. Now you yeah. mentioned you mentioned about um, Josh, and he's been on the podcast before as well. Um, yeah. I'll know him. He's he's a client of Cal, who coaches me as well. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you know you guys will be going through a prep next year together. Um, yeah. Someone out there wants to know. You know, you mentioned it was all about. I think it was on yourself or was it Cal's page about redemption. But come, yeah. cu- coming back, someone out there yeah. doesn't know what that story is. Could you give them a little bit of an insight to, to what it is, but then what your plans are for next year um, and competing in yeah. certain shows and whatnot? Yeah, so my first show was as a junior, and that was my best of a look because I think as, it, as your first show, you're sort of you're nervous to sort of push the boundaries of IFWM a little bit, and you're so concerned about I must look good on stage, I must look good on stage that you get so you know in this your own bubble that it's just like foot is straight to the to the floor with your work ethic and training and cardio so um, and I, look, I posted a picture of it the other day and I think it was only like 78 kilos my legs weren't really dialed in but my condition was the best it's ever been and then over the past or the, the last two years I've been competing but I've never felt like I'm right I'm, I've never felt like I'm really into it I've been more concerned about looking Condition for Ocean Beach and Ibiza than I was looking conditioned for the for the stage and no I, I'm not afraid to hold my hands up and admit that and and that's just the sort of the mind frame that I've been in over the past couple of years is being more concerned about that side of things but now I feel like I have submitted myself a little bit and I've put I've possibly matured and calmed down a little bit and and the the following from from males and females sort of went to my head a little bit last year. And, and now I've sort of sorted things out a little bit. I'm ready to go right. 2021 is where I want to prove a point. And, and Joe and Josh, very close friends of mine, said, you know, that what you've done in the past couple of years, if, you, if, if we can get to that stage weight of even 10 kilos above what you were as a junior, you, you do some damage. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And as you know, Callum is a phenomenal coach and I'm looking... No, I need that accountability in prep. The last two shows I did was all on my own. And yeah, condition was good, but... There were days where I'd just slack off my diet or I wouldn't do cardio or I'd, I'd go to David Lloyd, supposed to do my 200 calories fast and I'd end up, I'd end up in the sauna, you know. So it's just, it, my head wasn't in the right place and, and now I feel that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to prove a point. I love that, dude. I think it's a great example as well of just having someone to be accountable to. The fact that you are so busy and you have your hand in so many pies that, I like, because there's a lot of, a lot of young ones out there that are thinking, oh, I could do it myself. Why would I pay someone? Why would this? Why would that? But yeah. the thing is, for yourself, you've seen it as a must. And yeah. for a lot of people out there, 
training and getting looking in sick shape is not really a must over like a kebab at the weekend yeah, or, yeah. or 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 a, a, a pint at the weekend but mm. what i like about yourself is that you will talk about say you know going to Ashwaya and, and seeing i can't remember the name of the artist who you said the, the weekend that you missed but you'll openly admit that that's something that you fucking look forward to so it's a good yeah. example of that it doesn't need to be about all work and although you have done the hard work in the graph for years and years you still yeah. enjoy a fucking party and a good yeah, time cool. and who and who like who doesn't it's just and that i think i think we kind of we left that behind that whole bodybuilding mentality where it's all or nothing and i I can completely understand if you want to become IFB pro and you want to become the Olympia, then you probably have to go down that very, very hardcore route of bodybuilding. But for, for, for people like myself that, you know, I want to look good on stage and, and I'm not out to become a pro and maybe I can place top three. My concern isn't, isn't that, that, you know, my concern isn't to become pro. So I am, I'm only human. I, I, I'm not afraid to admit that I'd like to go on, you know, to Ibiza and drop out for a few days. That's just, you know, and, and, and a lot of people do as well, just to probably too too frightened or too afraid to to possibly open up about that and, and in, in fear of that somehow damaging their brand. Yeah, and mate, that was me a few years ago. That I, you know, mm. back in the day, I was the one that probably started the parties and I was the last one home. And, and yeah. then I did a whole rule reversal where I stopped all of that. And then yeah. I would get like frustrated if I had clients and whatnot that were doing something like that. And to, it was yeah. it was my own sort of idea in my head of oh this is this what you should do this we should do and eventually I was like well Vaughn, you know you don't want to necessarily go to Olympia. It's all right to have a beer yeah. every now and then. It just it just was something that I, I was trying to be someone that that I'm not. Um, mm. And and there's a lot of people or P, PTs coaches whatever out there that are doing exactly the same thing now. If we if we come back to sort of building a, a brand and it doesn't need to need, need to necessarily be about uh, a fitness brand although this is a bodybuilding podcast could you sort of surmise what you think would be your best key points of how to build a brand where someone should start you know and how they would develop it over time because yeah. you, you, you you've dropped a lot and someone might need to go back, but if there's three key areas for someone to hone in on, and by all means, go off on a rant about them, um, what would they yeah. be and why? Uh, number one, as we discussed, has to be consistency. You know, this isn't going to have overnight success. It's taken me seven years to get to 50,000 subs on YouTube and seven years to get to only 30,000 on, on Instagram. But throughout that six or seven years, because I've sort of responded to everyone and those individuals, I don't really consider them my followers. I don't, I think considering your, them as followers puts you on a pedestal above them and I, and I don't feel that at all. I just feel like they're part of me and they're part of the brand, you know, they're like almost like my family. So once, once people understand that you're not like a throwaway follow, you know, you have these people that've got hundreds of thousands of followers and they're just a throwaway follow. You don't want to become that individual that, you know, you're just following him because he's, Tom Hardy or The Rock, you know, you want to provide some sort of content and some sort of value to what you're, what you're producing and, and creating, be it anything, be it fitness or be it any other business. So consistency is, is, is probably one of the biggest ones. The second one would be, ex, would it be experiment, you know, you, you can use all these different free social media platforms to get an understanding of, of what, 
what your followers and what your audience like. And I did it on Snapchat and it kind of died down a little bit. I think Kylie Jenner a couple of years ago tweeted about how bad Snapchat was and it just an overnight drop off, which is insane. It's like one of the Kardashian families has tweeted negatively about this social media platform and bang, shares were lost and people dropped off. So don't don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Sorry to use fucking Love Island rhetoric, but <laughs> if you do that, if you if you just grow yourself on Snapchat and then that happens, then no one knows no, no one knows you, and that sort of leads into my third point, which is don't let other people build you up in the game. You've seen far too many people that have become somebody because of a, because of a company. And so what I mean by that is if you start out in the industry and Gymshark have carried you or Mike Protein have carried you, what happens when they fold? You're just a nobody. You're just you're just Tom from Gymshark. So. Don't haul yourself out. Don't start getting excited once you've hit 10k followers. You're getting all of this, all, all of this clout from other companies that are like join and jump on board. That's a massive, massive downfall. That you asked the question a while back about the biggest downfall of people, and they've become far too excited and want to want to jump on board and start working with all these businesses. And you just see yourself as like a walking advertisement, you know. So be 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 very careful who. Be, be very careful who you work with and, and make sure that that brand that they are coming towards you to work fits well with you. So there's just a few, a few, I mean, I've spoken about it before about building a brand on a lot of my podcasts where I've probably like written down slightly more information, but there's just a few to touch on. Absolutely. Now for yourself, you've created such a huge like brand right now. What, before I, before we sort of finish up here, what I want to say is, What's your vision? Where do you want to take things over the next sort of five years? Because often a lot of successful businessmen like yourself have, okay, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm going. I'm going to be there. Yeah. And this is the time frame I'm going to do it. So where's that for you? Yeah, I'd like. I'd really like to get into sort of luxury escapes and travel. So because I've built this, built this uh, subsector of people within the, within my brand who enjoy going away. And, and possibly like the, the sort of finer things in life, it would be great if I could create these packages where it may be to Ibiza or maybe to Mykonos and, and I'll make some money through there. So that uh, that really interests me and that always has done. And I, I sort of tested the waters a little bit and, and put out a few stories on my Instagram with some images of like big villas and said, you know, would people pay X amount if I sorted your accommodation and I sorted your nights out and, and maybe we bring uh, a, a film crew and we did like a season almost in a few days in Ibiza where we'd have we'd have camera crews sort of behind the scenes camera crews kind of budget and we created this vlog and we did a couple of them a year and the, and the response was fantastic you know so I'd love to go love to go down that route and I'm really into sort of really into design and clothing so obviously I did this TM Cycles clothing release but. I kind of, I, I kind of didn't like the mass production side of things, and and I know that's a big part of clothing. But I, I my my future plan is to create a, a separate entity to TM Cycles of of a clothing brand that is that we cover a wider range of of, of products, not just t-shirts with TMC on it. I think it was a lot of work went into it, but I kind of, I don't know, I, I felt a little bit cheap doing it, and I wanted to go down a slightly more premium executive route of, of clothing. And then if, if that if we can collect all of that money together and we've got enough to go into sort of properties, then that'll be probably the end the end result. We start start flipping start flipping houses and then 
I can sort of sit back and, and watch the fitness industry self-implode because no one's got that vision for long-term success, you know? Yeah, dude. What I like is that a lot of the time you were saying, I would love to do this, but I think that it's already a formality probably in your head and that you'll manifest that over time and before you know it, you'll be kicking back six-year-old with a cigar doing exactly yeah, yeah. doing exactly what you just said. Now, one thing I like to sometimes ask guests before they go, um, yeah. and I think that you'll probably answer this one quite openly and honestly, is... What would you say is the sort of biggest lesson you've learned in life to date, and and anything, you know, if if it means that you need to give someone advice about that, what would that be? Yeah, it, it, and the biggest one is just, uh, I think a lot of us in in today's society, our heads are, are are easily turned. I think a lot of us think the grass is always greener in 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 all aspects, and it's very important for this younger generation not to to get those to get those lines blurred too much. And, and we always preach about balance, be it relationships or friendships and, and, and just balance with our own, you know, mental health. And even if you maybe don't have a girlfriend or a close group of friends, don't feel that you need to put, you know, everything 24 seven into your business venture. You need to take time out yourself. And that was, and as I said before, sort of 2019, I, I saw the money. The money was increasing, 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 and, and I got addicted to that almost, and got addicted to the response that I was getting from certain people on Instagram and social media. And it's, uh, it's dangerous to go down that route. You have to be very careful. So that's just the biggest point. You know, don't don't become too attached to, to to one idea. You know, give it your all, but just give give you know ensure that your own mental health is stable enough to pull back a little bit. I like that, dude. Not a lot. I think that's not often. Um, talked about enough especially yeah. if I can think of anything that someone said on the podcast I don't know if, they've, if anyone's mentioned me- taking care of their own mental health so thank you for that one dude much appreciated now for anyone listening out there who hadn't heard of you before but has now heard of you through the podcast uh, now would be a good opportunity for you to just let them know how they can perhaps get in contact with you where they can find you maybe they want to watch yeah. you gaming maybe they want a photo with you with that motivational yeah, quote yeah. where can they get that yeah. <laughs> or where it's can just, they find touch you it's all TM Cycles apart from my website, which is thomasmore.co.uk, but all of my social media platforms is TM Cycles. Apart from my Twitch, I think someone made a TM Cycles Twitch on purpose so that I couldn't, because now it's TM Cycles underscore, but I'm going to message Twitch and say, look, I think some prick has done this to try and make me buy it, buy it off them. But yeah, TM Cycles on Instagram and, and Twitter and, and YouTube. Awesome, man. So, just listen. Just a massive thank you for myself for the followers that uh, that requested you on. Uh, they thought it would be a good one. And there was a lot of. Um, I'll I'll work with a lot of coaches and a lot of coaches will follow me, and they wanted to kind of know you, know you are a huge influence to them. So I think I that from from this podcast they should get inspiration from it. Um, yeah. And if they aren't following no. you or if they don't like any of your stuff, please go, please go do that after this podcast. Yeah, um, no, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Not a problem, man. So if anyone listening out there, I think that from me and Thomas, we both today, give it the beans.